Interesting thing about the liquor industry is with most things, I think when we think about it, we think about it, you know, old white men own everything. But we are making our mark in this industry and it's really amazing to watch. And one in particular is the Uncle Nearest brands. Uncle Nearest was the one of the original uh, master blenders who taught Jack Daniels how to make whiskey. Um, and then, of course, you know, like most black people got kind of lost in the wind um, until a dope black woman came back and was like, hey, let me tell you guys about this dope man who taught Jack Daniels to do what he does. And there's something about supporting something that is pioneered by a black woman, but it's also like holding its own in the field of such a, you know, such a big industry. Um, there are like bourbon has become such a booming thing in the past. Uh, what side? Come out, gonna see everything on me. I'm gonna be everything I wanna be. So I'm gonna be what I wanna be. And say, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, I'm, I'm gonna be everything. Everything. Today, I have one of my longtime friends, uh, Alex Poole, out here. Um, we are just kicking it. I've known her since, I want to say I'm two years older than her. So when she got to East Chapel Hill High School, yes. I met her and I was at Chapel Hill High as a junior, I believe. I'm, you graduated high school in 07. So, You're okay, only no, a like, year above uh, me. A year, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so a year above, but um, we met through this amazing, amazing organization called Youth Leadership Institute. Shout out to Wyla. Yeah, yeah, uh, Miss Clark. Shout out to Miss Clark. Were amazing, um, just individuals who gave very sacrificially. Like, it was their job, but they gave more than that forty hours a weekend. So uh, very, very appreciative of the the work and the effort they put in, and the connections that we were able to build since. Like, I still talk to quite a few people from Wyla. Yeah. I still use a lot of the tenets and principles that I learned in Wiley in my leadership roles and did when I was on campus, uh, now in my managerial position. So it's been it's been dope. I think Wiley is the reason I went to Howard. I'm still, uh, I, you know, I appreciate UNCG. I love UNCG, uh, North Carolina's only minority-serving institution that's not an HBCU. What's up? Okay, but, uh, <laughs> shout out to that. Shout out but, to that. Um, I do, I do envy those. Shout out there. to the shout out to the Howard University Bison out there. Yeah. yeah. First, my freshman year high school, we went to DC for our spring break trip, mm -hmm. yep. and we toured Howard. And it's funny because I only vaguely remember it, um, but like DC in itself left an imprint on me. Because we did Baltimore that trip too, right? Was I think so. We did the Blacks and Whites. Yeah, we yeah. took the train up to DC and Baltimore, and I don't know, it just all left an impression on me. Yeah, that that was um, so. The organization was very. Um, service led we did a mm -hmm. bunch of community service and so we and on spring break you know when some kids are going to the beach or, or whatever we were going on service trips around the united states like um after katrina hit we went down there mm -hmm. um, and, and we, we will always stop and see at hbcu wherever yep. direction we went that was and, tuskegee on that trip I think. yeah we yep. stopped in tuskegee on the way down to mississippi and then that that trip was eye-opening yeah. Um, I think that was my junior year. We went down the year after to Katrina and helped clean up. And wow, like literally being East Coast. 
was it? I had never been. So I'd only been to states on the East Coast, and that was, you know, we finally went down. We were in Mississippi. For that me. actually might have been my first time, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, Georgia is an East Coast state, so I'll count that as, even though I was in Atlanta when I visited, but I never went anywhere. Yeah. Outside of New York, D.C., and. Yeah, we were staying in a church. She had us staying in that church. Yes. Oh man. Yeah. Great times. Great times. So, um, we're grown up. We've we've gone to college, and matter of fact, tell people about yourself. (laughs) What's the background? Because I know, but they don't. Um, Well, my name is Alex. Um, I went to the illustrious Howard University. I'd be remiss if I didn't let the people know. Um, and I have a bachelor's degree in engineering, mechanical engineering. Um, I did that for about four years. Um, I didn't hate engineering, but I hated my job. And I was kind of always on this journey chasing this career that I didn't know, but I finally figured it out. And I went back to grad school. So I'm also an alum of the Georgia Institute of Technology. Go Yellow Jackets, I think. <laughs> I was the best alumni there. Um, And I have a master's degree in orthotics and prosthetics. Um, So that was like the dream chase where I quit the, you know, big engineering job and went to chase that dream. Funny enough, in the midst of chasing that dream, I kind of fell in love with something else. Um, I was working at a hotel. Interesting thing about the liquor industry is with most things, I think when we think about it, we think about it, you know, old white men own everything. But we are making our mark in this industry, and it's really amazing to watch. And one in particular is the Uncle Nearest brands. Uncle Nearest was the one of the original um, master blenders who taught Jack Daniels how to make whiskey. Um, and then, of course, you know, like most black people got kind of lost in the wind um, until a dope black woman came back and was like, hey, let me tell you guys about this dope man who taught Jack Daniels to do what he does. And there's something about supporting something that is pioneered by a black woman, but it's also like holding its own in the field of such a, you know, such a big industry. Um, There are, like bourbon has become such a booming thing in the past. West side. Come I gon' see everything on me I'm gonna be everything I wanna be So I'm gonna be what I wanna be And say I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be I'm, I'm gonna be everything Chapel High School. Yes. I met her and I was at Chapel High as a junior, I believe. I'm you graduated high school 07. So You're okay, only no, a like, year above huh? me. A year, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so a year above, but um we met through this amazing, amazing organization called Youth Leadership Institute. Shout out to Wyla. Yeah, yeah, uh, Miss Clark. Shout out and to Miss Clark. Were amazing um just individuals who gave very sacrificially. Like it was their job, but they gave more than that forty hours a week and so very, very appreciative of the, the work and the effort they put in. 
and the connections that we were able to build since. Like I still talk to quite a few people from YLI. Yeah. Um, I still use a lot of the tenets and principles that I learned in YLI in my leadership roles and did when I was on campus, uh, now in my managerial position. So it's been it's been dope. I think YLI is the reason I went to Howard. I, you know, I appreciate UNCG. I love UNCG, uh, North Carolina's only minority-serving institution that's not an HBCU. What's up? Okay, but, uh, <laughs> shout out to that. Shout out but, to that. Um, I do, I do envy those. Shout out to the shout out to the Howard University Bison out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. first my freshman year high school, we went to DC for our spring break trip, mm-hmm. yep. and we toured Howard. And it's funny because I only vaguely remember it. Um, but like DC in itself left an imprint on me. Because we did Baltimore that trip too, right? Was I think so. We did the Blacks and Whites. Yeah, we yeah. took the train up to DC and Baltimore, and I don't know, it just all left an impression on me. Yeah, that that was um, so. The organization was very um, service led. We did a mm-hmm. bunch of community service, and so we and on spring break, you know, when some kids are going to the beach or, or whatever. We were going on service trips around the United States. Like, um, after Katrina hit, we went down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we, we will always stop and see at HBCU wherever yep. direction we went. That was and Tuskegee on that trip. I think. Yeah, we yep. stopped in Tuskegee on the way down to Mississippi. And then that that trip was eye-opening. Yeah. Uh, I think that was my junior year. We went down the year after to Katrina and helped clean up. And wow. Like literally being East Coast. Was it? I had never been so I'd only been to states on the East Coast and that was you know, we finally went down. We were in Mississippi for That actually might have been my first time too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean you know, Georgia is an East Coast state, so I'll count that as even though I was in Atlanta when I visited, but I never went anywhere. Yeah. Outside of New York, DC and Yeah. We were staying in a church. Huh? She had us staying in that church. Yes. Oh man. Yeah. Great times, great times. So um we we're grown up. We've we've gone to college, and you, matter of fact, tell people about your, yourself. Give <laughs> us the background, because I know, but they don't. Um, well, my name is Alex. Um, I went to the illustrious Howard University. I'd be remiss if I didn't let the people know. Um, and I have a bachelor's degree in engineering, mechanical engineering. Um, I did that for about four years. Um, I didn't hate engineering, but I hated my job. And I was kind of always on this journey chasing this career that I didn't know, but I finally figured it out. I went back to grad school. So I'm also an alum of the Georgia Institute of Technology. Go Yellow Jackets, I think. (laughs) I was uh, the best alumni there. Um, And I have a master's degree in orthotics and prosthetics. Um, so that was like the dream chase where I quit the, you know, big engineering job and went to chase that dream. Funny enough, in the midst of chasing that dream, I kind of fell in love with something else. Um, I was working at a hotel um, during grad school, you know, help pay the bills. Started as a waitress and then I kind of fell into bartending. And I always had a um, like a, a desire to kind of learn about bartending. You know, we all want to be better about the stuff we drinking. Um, but I learned it more as like an art form while I was there. I had some really great bartender mentors while I was there and um, fell in love with bartending. Um, so came out of grad school with not just a master's degree, but this desire to start a bartending business. And so in the midst of the pandemic, actually kind of the beginning of the pandemic, 2020, I launched my own bartending business called The Crafted Soul. Um, where it is a personal bartending services um, 
making crafted cocktails. I think there's more to having your cocktails and just drinking, you know, bad liquor and bad drinks that don't taste good. <laughs> I think it's a soulful experience. I think, you know, you should have drinks that taste good and, you know, feel good. Um, I like to go by the motto that you should sip with soul, you know, enjoy the things that you're drinking. Um, so yeah, that's me. All right, I gotta, gotta rewind for a second because I know what you do, but what the heck, and you used a word that I've never used, um, orth orthotics and prosthetics. Talk to me. I am a certified orthotist prosthetist. No, I'm not a prostitute. I am a <laughs> prosthetist. Let's go ahead and put the joke out there. <laughs> what that means is from pro uh, as a prosthetist, I make prosthetic limbs. So, you know, they take your limb, your leg below your knee, above your knee. I make prosthetic limbs for patients. Um, I make prosthetic arms. Um, forearms, hands, all those things. So that's the prosthetic side of it. And for orthotically, um, it's assisting limbs. So I make what we would call braces. So, you know, whether it's an ankle brace, you know, a brace for your whole ankle, foot, and knee. Um, so I support the limb or replace the limb. I like to think of it that way. Um, and for me, it was this like perfect, weird combination of science and healthcare. Um, I have no desire to be a doctor whatsoever, but this field allows me to kind of flex my engineering love while also still helping people. So I, I really enjoy it. I do. I can dig it. I, um, I just, I wanted to, to ask that question, knowing what you do myself, because there are a ton of people who don't know the options that are out there for them. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, I don't know if you ever heard of that when we were kids. No. I had no clue. You know, I knew people no. had prosthetic limbs. I didn't know the, the education that went into it. Mm -hmm. um, it in it's, it's funny. When I remember when I was working at the bar, I had a nurse come and she's like, I've, you know, she'd been in the field for years. And I think people don't really think that when they see someone with a prosthetic limb, you don't think about the person that gave it to them. Like you don't just go to Amazon, although, you know, you never know because it'll be coming soon. But typically you don't just go to Amazon and order a prosthetic limb. Like there is some, there's a practitioner, a clinician, who is you know caring for that person making sure it fits them you know it has has to interface with the human body so there is a person behind that um and so no it's not something i knew about which is why it took me so long to get here because i knew nothing about it um so i think one of the things now that i'm kind of finished with all my exams that i want to um really pursue shout out to miss clark for putting that community service spirit in us um is i want to let other people know about this field especially kids in high school and college um, that it is a thing. Um, it's this cool thing that you can do that not many people know about, but I think it's it's just another option, you know, when you think about it. Um, especially as me being, you know, one of the people, you know, the young black female in the STEM field, you know, I want, you know, other young black females to know that they can, you can do it too. So, yeah. Um, so generally what I, the way I start podcasts off is I talk about what I'm drinking for the day. Um, but because I wanted to kind of get into your brand, um, I will let y'all know now that we are having one of my go-to drinks. Um, thanks to you, actually. Uh, I, I love an old-fashioned, and those of you who know me well, who've been listening for a while, know that I uh, do photography on the side. And so a couple years back, when you were, what was that, 2019? It was 18 or 19, because it was my last year. Yeah, so um, you were graduating from from Georgia Tech, mm -hmm. and you had reached out to me and you said, you know, I wanted you to do my um, my photos, but like, what, is, what does that entail? And mm -hmm. I, had, I had done a few traveling photography gigs, 
but I was like, look, you the homie, and you know, it like it cost to get me to the place. And she said she liked my style. And I was like, well, I appreciate that in and of itself. Like for someone to, who lives in somewhere like Atlanta to say they like your style and want you to shoot their pictures. Um, and then it just so happened that I had someone else who was paying for me to come down to Atlanta to shoot them. And I was like, yeah, because you did one at Spelman, exactly. right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, hey, it must be in the stars. And so you were <laughs> able to get an amazing fun shoot on your campus which i would just like to interrupt and say that that was my first photo shoot ever aside from like going to like jc pennies or something and you made it super easy i didn't know what i was doing and those are still some of my favorite pictures um i was the talk of the town when i sent out my grad invites my pictures were dope so shout out to shout out to you is that d squared photography D-squared visuals d squared visuals yes shout out to d squared visuals because uh yeah, those pictures are dope. I have a big uh, 8 by 11 or 8 by 10 of my of myself in my house. <laughs> so, put the switch off as I hit it. Oh, the light. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was. So we're down there. We are in Atlanta and you were bartending at the time mm-hmm. and so I came by your bar during one of your shifts shout out to the W Hotel no first we went out for drinks the night before yes because it was a bar by my apartment yes. that I wanted us to try yeah so we grabbed the drinks before the shoot mm-hmm. um, that's one thing I love about shooting with people that I know it's like if I already have a relationship with you then it's just us chilling mm-hmm. while I'm taking pictures and not yeah. get your real personality and we hadn't seen each other in a long time we had not we had probably I'm trying to think if we may have seen each other at somebody's homecoming, but Maybe. if not, then it it might have been since like high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, yo, we, we had the drinks, and then I went by your and you you critiqued the old fashioned because you <laughs> like to order old fashions where you went, and um, then I came to your hotel and you were like, All right, this is how I make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is how I was taught to make it, mm-hmm. and that's how I modeled my my ability to make old fashions. I do use simple syrup, but I use my own simple syrup. No, that's fine. So uh, at first she was like, yeah, now sugar and water. And so I was like, all right, cool. Um, and this one is amazing, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm, I have dubbed myself the old fashioned snob. I am a snob about it. Um, but I will say I'm not a snob, whereas I don't like syrups. Um, simple syrup is just fine. It's the same concept. Um, I am a snob where I prefer homemade syrups. And so, yeah, so that's what I, that's and I've thing. been watching your stuff on Instagram. And so now I really want to make that cranberry syrup that mm. you made during the holidays. I brought, uh, I made a ginger syrup. I brought, we're going to try that one later. Okay. Yeah. I have a ginger syrup in there. So have you been to, um, we have not been to Alley 26. No, we is that downtown? Go, yeah. We were supposed to go and they were closed the day that we yeah. went out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is like my, my drinking partner as well when she's in town. Um, we'll, we'll hit some spots and stuff, but yeah, Alley 26 is super dope, and they sell all of like these flavored syrups. Syrups. So a fig syrup. Mm. Um, I have a blood orange syrup. Okay. Mm. And so they they don't make simple syrup because they say, why do we need to make this for y'all when it's just sugar and water? It is. Um, but they have a lot of really interesting flavors, and it's right downtown. So if you ever have a chance to, to swing by, I will. I will definitely have to do that. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk. Um, let's talk about your brand and how you've been able to develop it. Because, like, I chose the uncle nearest uh, for 
as the the whiskey feels the old fashioned today for a reason. Like, let's talk. What's, how, how are you here, craft? Craft. <laughs> how am I here? Um, so I guess starting. Um, First of all, I, I, I always want to make sure I shout out everyone who's like helped me get to where I am because so many people have helped me get here, um, whether it's just encouragement or like being a part of me starting the business. So first shout out is to my brand um, ambassador, actually. His name is Joshua Galloway out of Charlotte. Yeah. Um, shout out to, I'm going to mess this up, the creative gentleman. I might have messed it up. His name is Joshua Galloway, yes. really dope photographer out of um, Charlotte. What's that? The creative gent. It's one the of creative the, gent. Yes, That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. Great photographer, amazing dude. Yes. So he actually one helped me create, come up with my name, mm -hmm. and he developed my logo and all my branding. Yeah. Um, and we got the name because um, I think I learned about cocktail making kind of from an old-fashioned standpoint um, and like this idea of it being a crafted thing something that you're skillful at you're not just you know pouring drinks no judgment but you know it is something that we craft and we create so it's crafted and anyone who knows me knows I have an old soul I'm an old lady so it just kind of made sense as a crafted soul hence why I say you sip with soul um, and so this is just kind of something that I've that's been fun for me um, as far as when we, and then introducing Uncle Nearest. Um, and so the interesting thing, interesting thing about the liquor industry is with most things, I think when we think about it, we think about it, you know, old white men own everything. But um, that's not necessarily true. I think us as an African-American culture, we are making our mark in this industry and it's really amazing to watch. And one in particular is the Uncle Nearest brand. So for those of you who don't know, I do know um, Daryl has talked about it. I listened to the episode where he talked about Uncle Nearest. But um, Uncle Nearest was the one of the original um, master blenders who taught Jack Daniels how to make whiskey. Um, and then, of course, you know, like most black people got kind of lost in the wind um, until a dope black woman came back and was like hey let me tell you guys about this dope man who taught jack daniels to do what he does and created the bourbon that is uncle nearest the thing i love about uncle nearest is it is owned by a black woman their master distiller is a black woman it is one of the top awarded bourbons in the country and it's really good like it's really good and there's something about supporting something that is pioneered by a black woman, but it's also like holding its own in the field of such a, you know, such a big industry. Um, there are, like bourbon has become such a booming thing in the past decade. Like there are hundreds of bourbons when you go to the liquor store, there's just so many of them. But Uncle Nearest holds its own and it's such a new one. It's something that came in, you know, the market just a couple years ago, not too long. I think maybe I'm not going to tell myself like that, but it hasn't been around that long. Um, but it's it's already made a name for itself. Um, and I am super, super honored to also say that um, I entered their Honor Your Legacy competition last year um, where I submitted a um a custom cocktail using their liquor or their bourbon um, and submitted it to be one of the cocktails that they um, that they're gonna have at their um, new bar that they're opening and as of today I am one of three finalists in the honor your legacy um, 
cocktail competition. Yes, so I will be heading out to Nashville in two weeks um, to compete to be the top cocktail that will be featured on their menu at their new um, bar that they're opening, I think this summer. So I'm super excited. Um, and the crazy thing about it is that the beginning of last year, I had put on like a vision board just out of the blue that I, I was going to be an Uncle Nears brand ambassador. And that was before I knew anything about this competition. And, you know, here I am. So I'm excited. I'm super excited to meet the CEO. Shout out to Fawn Weaver, Fawn Weaver excuse me, um, and to meet their master distiller, master distiller. So, yeah, that's me. That was really long-winded, but that's me. You know... I would say yes, but another dope thing. So in the calendar that they had, the photographer who actually took the pictures of the drinks is a black woman. Um, so I'm pretty sure she's going to be there as a photographer. I know. I will, you know, I'm going to drop a pin, though. I'm going to let them know. Hey, well, see, the thing is, right, so I don't know if you know, we haven't talked about this. Nashville is like uh, another home for me. So my dad Oh, is it? four siblings Okay. One or the other. Yeah. Um, got a lot of a lot of siblings. Yes, yes, um, yes. And so Nashville is. Have you been? I've never been in Nashville. All right. So after this episode, we are going to talk through a couple spots you got to go. Yes, through. I'm gonna have to go back because this will probably end up being a quicker trip. Cause like I get in Thursday night and we have dinner, and then Friday is like the tour of their facility and the um, the distillery. And then it's the competition, and then I leave on Saturday. So I know I have to go back. One of my like bucket list things is I want to do the Bourbon Trail. Yeah. I was supposed to do it last summer, but it just didn't work out that way. I'm supposed to do it maybe this summer. Yeah. Um, you already booked your flights? Yeah, they booked my flight. Are they, are they early on Saturday? I don't think so. I think I leave Saturday afternoon. If you can go, there's a spot. And I'm, I'm putting this out for all y'all so you can go <laughs> in Nashville. It's called Biscuit Love. Oh, that's got one of my favorite words in it. Hey, look. It's biscuit. Your favorite. Well, look, it's love. well, yeah, Biscuit yeah, Love. Know. That sounds like my place. So It's happening. Um, it is in this spot called, this area called the Gulch. Mm -hmm. um, but like, it's a little like uh, borough kind of here in okay. the city. But it's, um, Biscuit Love has some amazing biscuits. And when you go, Google their, I think it's like their hidden menu, secret menu, dirty menu. Mm -hmm. They have stuff that they don't post, but you can mm. order as well. Okay. So every time I go to Nashville, I go there at least once, if not twice. Oh, it's happening. Yeah. Biscuits is one of my favorite foods. Yeah. I am a country girl. They are, oh my gosh. Even if I don't sound like it, I am. They, they're great. Yeah, D.C. You, oh, you I'm excited. That DC it is the craziest <laughs> thing. I was out with my best friend a couple weeks ago, and I was with her and some of her friends, and we were just talking, having a good time. And finally, he was like, where are you from? I was like, here. I'm from Durham, yeah. like, slash Chapel Hill. Like, yeah. I know Same. I don't sound like it, and I'm not trying. I, I don't I don't know. Yeah. I spent five years in D.C., and you would never know I was from the South. I got that. I don't know. I got an even accent spending summers in New York with my dad's family. And so my, my accent just blended so that people don't know where I'm from. And when I go somewhere, no one ever says North Carolina. Yeah, no, I never get the South. Yeah. When I was in college for a little while, it was more like I had a Southern accent with like this new, like this Northeastern like slang and twang to it. But eventually the southern part just kind of went away. So now it's like a northeastern accent, but I say southern words. Yeah. So I still say right. like, you right. know, south words. And, you know, I still have the southern turn of phrases, but it doesn't sound like I'm from the south. 
I sound my most southern when I say my own name. Really? Daryl. Yeah. Like when I say Daryl, people are like, oh, okay. That's There's good. certain words we say. I know, like in college, I'd say something. They'd be like, what is that? I never forget. I said I was finna do something and somebody and they was like, what is finna? Yeah. And I tried to explain to them. I was like, you know, you're like, you're fin. No. You're a. F- you're about to. They were like, and you got the 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 countryest thing that I get that I where you know I'm from North Carolina is where okay so this is a test for you. What city is Fort Bragging? Uh, what street is North Carolina Central on? Um, Fayetteville. No, Fort Bragg is in Fayetteville. Yeah. Central is on Fayetteville Street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Central is on Fevel Street And I remember telling my friend She was like where? I was like it's on Fevel Street She was like spell that It's Fayetteville Street But nobody says Fayetteville It's on Fevel Street okay. I've never said Fayetteville It sound, Saying Fayetteville Street sounds weird It's on Fevel you know Street interesting though? So my great grandmother Worked at the um, At the cafeteria She was the manager of the cafeteria Okay and so she lives right there on Cecil. Mm. And so that's where I spent a ton of time. That's where I fell in love with with HBCU culture. That The Alphas used to be out there hanging out, uh, shout out to the Brez, throwing the, the football like across on the lawn across the street from there. Central was my first HBCU love too, mm-hmm. with with a slash of A&T. Shout out to the Aggies. My mother uh, was Miss NCCU. Okay. It was, yeah, Central. But that's, that's also why I couldn't go there. Oh, yeah, I gotta get away from home. Oh, I lived down the street from Central, yeah. so it was definitely not yeah, happening. I, I said I got to get away. From it was between that and then I felt like going to East. All the black kids either went to Central or ANT, yeah. and I had to leave. Yeah. I couldn't do high school again. You were my second East alumna, uh, or you second East alumna. Your first East, East alumna, but I also had an alumnus, Jr. Sharp. Mm-hmm. On, on the podcast as well. Okay. So you just you and I don't have anybody. I don't think from Chapel Hill. What are you doing? What are you doing? Tigers? What are the Tigers doing? On winning sports against y'all, I guess. Ah, <laughs> you got that one. Yeah, nah, you got that one. I had never been to a school with a good football team ever. That's really well, sad. Yeah, I went to college without a football team. You so did. I didn't no, know you. Was no football program. We're undefeated. <laughs> So my younger cousin goes there now. She's a freshman at UNCG, and I picked her up like uh, in the fall just to see how she. She's like, I don't know why I missed this, but I did not know they didn't have a football team. She's like, I just missed it. She's like, I wish I would have known. Well, do you know why? Why? UNCG was originally uh, North Carolina College for Women. Oh, was it? Integrate with men until the early 70s late 60s i thought that was bennett bennett is still uh is a women's college but uncg was only a women's school oh i didn't know that yes that's why our nursing program is extremely strong because our nursing program was what a lot of women they would go to yeah okay Um, and so yeah it did not which is one of the reasons i went to uncg so (laughs) when did they integrate with men they integrated in like the the 70s but it still was predominantly women and it still it was 70 percent when i got there I mean, most colleges are. <laughs> but so for me, it was NC State or UNCG. Okay. NC State was sixty percent men because it's an engineering. Oh really? Oh, true, true, true. So I was like, okay, am I going to go sixty forty or seventy thirty? Not to mention, I mean, you know, no disrespect, it is what it is. But like half the guys were into the arts program, so half of the guys were gay. So I'm like, really? This is like fifteen percent. It's like 70. I'm a winner. I'm, and I mean, I, I left. They claimed Howard's ratio was two to one with women because Howard is a liberal arts school. Yeah. 
I don't know if that's a true ratio, but it was definitely way more women than men yeah. for sure. I left. I, I mean, I married a person. I met there. I mean, I don't my, my 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 plan. You. I mean, yeah. I'm not mad at the logic. It made sense. It did. It I made like, sense. I went here, but yeah, UNCG had, it did a, a lot of great things. I mean, I made some amazing. Yeah. I know some people that went to UNCG. Um, yeah, my cousin went to UNCG. I think she knows you. Who? Aaron Blake. Yeah, yeah. I know your cousin. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so we've talked Uncle Nearest. We've talked to the brand. What's next for you? So I'm in that period now where I am trying to grow as a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to say it's scary. Yes. It's scary. It's hard. You know, I... I I spent the first year, year and a half, like building myself as a brand and like having people know me. And I think I've, you know, I'm still doing that, but I think, you know, I've, I've done a good job with that. But now it's like setting myself up as like an entity and like doing events um, and finding my niche. So that's, that's where I'm at right now. Um, I have a lot of ideas of what I want to do, what I don't want to do. Um, there are a lot of resources. I think the market of what you can do with this is so wide. But I'm also very specific about what I want to do. Um, I like doing small private events because because I don't want it to become just me doing a bar, you know, being a bartender and just doing, you know, gin and tonics and this, that and that. I want to do crafted cocktails. So, you know, birthday parties where people get signature cocktails, um, graduation events. So one thing that I've been doing to kind of um, get myself there it's been doing events for like friends and stuff um, and using them as like my my starter in my practice runs. So my um, one of my best friends is actually graduating from UNCG in, um, in May. Uh, and so I'm gonna be, um, she's gonna have like a, a graduation party. So I'm gonna do her cocktails and she's gonna have a, one of her signature cocktails is gonna be a pineapple jalapeno margarita. Um, so I, I love, I love making- Huh? You don't like spicy things. Not particularly. Uh, she does. Yeah. So I'll make it for her. I can taste it. Okay. I mean, I probably won't drink a bunch of them, but <laughs> you know, I can do it enough to taste it. If you need a taste tester, you know I drink spicy stuff. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> um, absolutely. And that's actually something that um, we'll come back to that too. But like in the cocktail, like of making cocktails at home, that's something that I feel like I lack. I need someone to taste stuff. That's why I brought a cocktail too. Mm-hmm. One I know is good, one we're gonna try out that I feel like it's missing something. Because sometimes it's hard to tell yourself. Mm-hmm. And I have to lie, I can't lie, I'm biased. I drink bourbon and whiskey all the time. Yeah. Which means it's hard for me to make vodka cocktails because yes. I don't I'm, like vodka particularly. I'm terrible at it. Um, I can do tequila cocktails, but like gin cocktails was a stretch for me. So I did a segment last year on um, called talking about what are you drinking. So introducing people to like the different spirits. So you know what you're drinking when you yeah. go to the bar. And gin is one. Um, but one way that I've learned is going to bars with really good bartenders. Um, there's one in Greensboro, really good bartender, and he made a drink for me with gin, and I was like, okay. But he cheated because the gin, I think, was rinsed in a bourbon barrel. Mm. <laughs> so, Have you had a French 75 before? I have. Do you like that? I do. Okay. What I learned about gin, there are different types of gins. Yes. Um, I don't do juniper gins. I don't do the Bombay's 
tastes like a Christmas tree, I can't do it. Do I can do a Hendrix. Okay, that's so I keep I keep a bottle of Hendrix. I can do Hendrix, and I that's why I learned it when I was doing that. I yep. was like, oh wait, Hendrix has got that cucumber. Yes, it's a yes. little earthier. Yeah, exactly. I can do Hendrix. So I keep a bottle of Hendrix. Yeah. I keep a, a spirit of every kind. Like yeah. Yesterday that I have at my house. Same. Don't drink whiskey. Same. And then I keep a hundred bottles of whiskey for myself. Absolutely. Yeah. I just redid my bar, so now there's like a shelf specifically for whiskey, and then the other part of it is like everything else. Because I have a lot of liqueurs yep. and like stuff like that, but then there's one that's I, just bourbon. I don't have too many liqueurs. I had some for a while. Uh, one of my friends got married, okay. and he let everybody take all the liqueurs home because it was just so much. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't have a ton. I don't like cocktails. If, I'm not, not making old fashioned. Like I'll experiment with stuff all the time. But as far as like real cocktails, I make old fashions and I drink stuff straight. Yeah, no, same. I don't particularly make cocktails at home for my personal drinking. Um, the extent of that is an old fashioned and occasionally I'll make a sidecar. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I don't just like, unless I'm just in the mood for to do something, yeah. I don't really, I'll just drink it on the rocks. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, if I have a lot of fruit, I'll, I'll juice it. Thanks. That's another thing, thanks to you. I make my, my juices all myself. All of these are things that I learned when I was being taught how to be a bartender. Um, the bar I was at, all of our juices, we had to juice them. Like yeah. they weren't buying juice for us, so we had to juice them. Um, my the bartender I learned learned under. Um, I got all the shout outs in this episode. Shout out to um, Drunk Auntie Cocktails. That's my sweatshirt. Drunk Auntie here. Do we I have a drunk, drunk uncle? Can I get they do. Uncle? Okay, boom. I'm gonna get you a drunk uncle, uh, drunk uncle uh, sweatshirt. How strong was that? Right. <laughs> no, it might be. Um, so shout out to Drunk Auntie Cocktails and Cabinets is catering because she's caterer and a um, cocktail. But she was always making these custom syrups and yeah. like these infused liquors and like with basil and watermelon and stuff. And I learned to like think outside the box when it came to cocktails and like making different things. Um, so that was a big thing. You know, I wasn't, you know, it was like taboo or not, you know, do grenadine and, you know, which I'm not against grenadine, but like certain like basic things were like taboo. So we were, we were, and I learned, you know, the really nice cocktails. I got to taste Blanton's and Booker's, which I don't know why anyone would drink Booker's. Not that it's not good, but it's. I think it's overrated. I think you could start a car with Booker's. Yeah, it's overpriced. I don't know what it costs. What is it like? One hundred and fifty? Um, if you like one twenty-five, depending on which level you get, you can start at eighty. No, but the then it, one we had was like one yeah. something. Well, also, Georgia has a secondary liquor. Oh. So that's the thing. North Carolina. The good thing with North Carolina, I hate, I hate the ABC store sometimes, but I do love that they keep it at market retail. Okay, so, so it's I not fluctuating exactly price. No, you're price. right about that because I learned that like especially at the hotel when we have guests like looking for the liquor store, I would tell them it is worth you getting an Uber and going outside of downtown because the liquor is going to be way cheaper than yep. what you're going to pay in the city. North Carolina. The prices the are, the price price. yeah, that is um, true. The only time the price, the price never goes up. The price only goes down when that stuff goes on sale by mm -hmm. a couple dollars a month. Um, that is so true. But so you yeah. don't have to worry about going to the yeah, right one. Oh my God. No. It's just about finding it now mm -hmm. in North Carolina. So I found a Blanton's. Got that. So excuse me, I take that back. I will not take credit for that. Somebody brought it in from Kentucky for me. But I got it at market price. Okay. Plus travel. So you taught me the art or the power of making friends with the ABC store guys. Oh, yeah. There's um there's an ABC store down the street for me. And I went in just randomly. I was talking to the guy about bourbon. Um, and he sold me actually a Buffalo Trace. 
and I was telling him, he was like, I was like, you don't have one. He's like, no. He's like, but you know, I be trying to hold on to him when I get one. So. Yeah, that's that's the thing, right? Is making those friends. Uh, there's a one of my fraternity brothers has a friend from UNCW mm-hmm. whose husband <laughs> works at an ABC store. Oh, okay. And he followed the podcast because my boy told him to follow it, mm-hmm. and then he was like, yo. You know, I'm gonna let you know when we get stuff shipped in, and so I ended up getting an amazing bottle, which we will try tonight, um, called Stag Junior. Oh, okay. Stag Junior. They this is the last year. It's called Stag Junior. Mm-hmm. So it is an extremely amazing bourbon. Okay. But the Junior was on the end just because of branding. They have Stag and they have Stag Junior. Okay. It's not a Junior level bourbon. So right. this is the last year that they're making it Junior. So I got the last bottle or the last batch with mm-hmm. Junior on it cost me $70. Okay. Um, right now it's retailing at 500 Or not retail, excuse me, not retailing. So retail price is still 70 but, but people are buying it on secondary market for $500. I, um, one of my friends Jesus. got a bottle of it and I was like, bro, you better try mine and keep yours closed so you can sell it. Because in a couple of years it's going to be 1000 Yeah. And it's absolutely. an extremely amazing bourbon. Every batch is specialized. So. That's um, awesome. So... How can people follow you, keep up with you, see what you've got going on? So, you can follow me on Instagram at The Crafted Soul. Um, I will admit I have been off for the past, of the month of February. I was taking a little mental break, but I will be back come March. Yeah, you got to take care of your mental health, guys. Um, especially in this hustle industry life that's being pushed you know you got to take care of yourself so the crafted soul on instagram um my website is up i'm still tinkering with it but it's up um, at thecraftedsoul.com um and yeah you can find me at those two those are two big spots right now um so i i have more cocktail videos coming um and some other cool things coming too I I'm in, I'm thinking about it i am in the process of trying to design an old-fashioned snob t-shirt okay uh, we actually might talk about that because I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, let's let's talk. About yeah, that. I'm gonna start the fire up. That's why I yeah. want to go ahead. We're gonna get. We're gonna Absolutely. close up the laptop. We're gonna start the fire. We're gonna pour some of these cocktails. Yes. The videos gonna keep running just for extra content, but yes, I merch is coming it. soon. Kind of soon. Oh, <laughs> real quick shout out to Rock's Bar and Hair Shop, uh, my barber shop. Uh, co-owner Jen is opening it up for events. And I told her today that I would uh, definitely use it for a narrow podcast event. And guess who I hope the bartender will be? Absolutely. There we go. Absolutely. I'm there. Let's talk business. Let's talk business. All right. Catch you all next time. Bye. Over Wine and Whiskey podcast is a subsidiary of Daniels Development and Branding LLC. Here for all of your fundraising strategy and creative storytelling needs. Connect with us online at dollarsandstories.com.